Sweet. Thank you guys for coming tonight. Um, yo, we have, uh, we have a special guest. And, uh, y'all, we have a warrior here. Um, David Warder's here. And some guys from Fairmont, or sorry, from Frostburg State are here. They just pioneered there this semester. Um, and so if you guys get to say hi to them, do it. Um, sweet. So welcome to Chi Alpha. This is awesome. I am not jittery any longer. I didn't eat much, and then I drank a bunch of coffee, and so I was sitting down, like, shaking, and I drank a bunch of water, so I'm okay. You all okay? Okay, good. Sweet. So, yeah, tonight, um, we're just continuing in the normal Christian life. Last week, Christopher did such a good job talking about prayer, um, and we just want to, yeah, this whole thing is just fundamentals of walking with Jesus. Like, what does it look like? What does the Bible say about walking with Jesus? What does Jesus say about walking with him? And so tonight, we're going to talk about worship. And we already did it, so we can all go home, right? Um, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so we're going to talk about worship. Very fun topic. Um, and I just wanted to read this to start. Um, it's Psalm 100. So if you guys are open your Bibles... Um, we're just going to read the whole thing. It says this. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So it's Psalm 100. Um, yeah, I'm going to pray, and then we'll get into it. Jesus, we love you. God, uh, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for your presence. Um, yeah, God, I just pray uh, for hearts and ears to be opened. Lord God, to hear from, from you. Lord, would you speak through me, God? Um, let me hide behind you. And you just do everything, Father God. Cultivate hearts to understand who you are so that we can understand worship, Lord. We love you. And you're going to pray. Amen. Sweet. So the first thing I need is I need some help with something. Who wants to help me? Who wants to help me? Who, whoever wants to help me can come up here and you have a spot here. Sweet. Hello. What is your name? Sarah. Sarah. It's good to see you. I have, this is kind of a contest. Are you ready? I'll do my best. Okay. She'll do her best. Okay. I have two things. One, I found this at my house. Okay. okay. PNC bank pen. It doesn't close. Okay. It's probably pretty used. And then I also have a book by one of our friends, C.S. Lewis, called Mere Christianity. So you have an option, okay? You can choose one, and it's your very own for the rest of however long you want to keep it. It's all yours, yeah. Wait, hold on. I have one tie. Why did you choose it? Because... Um, because I already have a pen and I don't have the book. Sweet. Good enough. Y'all give it up for Sarah. Good job. Thank you. You can sit back down. Up for grabs. 
Anybody? <laughs> Could have gone through your hand. Um, okay, so we make decisions based on value. We make decisions based on value. Sarah said she already has a pen. She doesn't have the book. The, pe the pen was less valuable to her. She didn't have the book, so she chose that. There's two types of value that we look at. One is called intrinsic value, and the other is called instrumental value, okay? Intrinsic value. Intrinsic value is just value that something has because it is it, okay? You can think of gold, okay? If you think about gold, it's valuable because it's gold. That sounds kind of funny, but it's true. It, you don't go in, you make like oh, a table made of gold, okay? You could do that. You'd be a big baller. But other than that, like, like gold is value not, valuable not because of what it does, but just because of what it is, right? Um, people have intrinsic value, okay? Um, diamonds and, like, precious stones and metals have intrinsic value. On the other hand, there's instrumental value. I was thinking of, I almost brought it, but y'all have seen, like, a, like a, a drill, right? Like a, okay, cool. Um, I don't know. Some of y'all yuppies. Um, so, so a drill has instrumental value, right? You can, you can use it, and, and it's, it's just made of a motor and a plastic and some metal, right? Like, that's, there's nothing in it that's like, oh, man, like, if I could just get this out of this drill, then that is where it's worth lies, right? Like, it's just plastic. Like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but what it does is important, right? You can use a drill to take things apart, make it really easy to hang something up. You can build something. You can make um, furniture. You can make your friend something. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can you could build a house with it. You could make it, like, shelter, right? All these things can be made with the instrumental value of a drill, right? Okay, so that's intrinsic versus instru instrumental. When we talk about, you're like, why does this have to do with worship? Okay? Value, for me, and I think for a lot of us, is foundational for us to understand who God is, for us to move anywhere past that. Okay? For us to understand God's value is the foundation of our worship. Okay? Otherwise, we're just like, yeah, worship you, God, because you're neat. You know? If we understand who he is... If we understand his value, then we can worship him rightly. God has intrinsic value, and I think that's the most important thing, okay? You can look at God and think, what can I get out of him? I can get all types of stuff. I can use him for my gain, or you can look at his intrinsic value, and that is what gives him, like, like his, like, like that is why we worship him. Based on his value, he legitimately deserves our hearts and our lives. Based on his intrinsic value alone, he's the most valuable thing in the universe. If you think about this and you're like, okay, well, maybe it's this or maybe it's that. You add it up against God, he's going to outweigh it every single time. If you look at who he is, his intrinsic value outweighs anything else you can think of therefore making him the most valuable thing in the universe. In, um, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 44, 
Jesus tells a parable and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. That basically looks like this. That man who bought that field understands intrinsic value, okay? Did y'all see the travesty that happened across the street recently? Y'all see what's no longer with us? Sandwich you, right? I never went to sandwich you, but it was a staple to walk by for the last four years. I love seeing sandwich you there. Um, but now it's no longer, okay? Imagine one of your friends is walking back after Chi Alpha, they walk back, and they're going to downtown campus, and they're walking past good old ruins of Sandwich U, and the construction, it's just a construction site. If you don't know what it is, it's, it's an empty lot, um, and you're walking by it, and you're like, okay, hey, I could actually go, I could get downtown a lot faster if I just cut through here, and so you end up cutting through and then you trip over something, but it's late, so no one sees you. So you're like, what? How could I trip over something? And you look, and you see this, like, chest, okay? Go here with me, okay? You see this chest. You get down, you open it, and it's full of gold coins, okay? That'd be pretty baller, right? Okay, you have two things to do. You can either steal everything that's in there that is no longer rightfully yours, or you can go home, ask, basically inventory everything you have, sell it all. You could sell your car. You could ask your parents to sell their house. And they're like, what? You're crazy. And you're like, no, 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 no. Trust me. This is worth it. Okay? And you sell everything. You buy the lot, and then you get the chest, Right? That's, that's what Jesus is saying there. You get the chest because you understand that it's not the stuff that you're selling that has value. You're getting so much more because you're buying this thing with treasure in it, right? And when you do that, you do it joyfully. In Psalm 100, verse 1, it says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, joyfully selling everything you have in order to gain something of intrinsic value. Okay? Are we there? Y'all got me? Okay. This seems kind of philosophical, but this is what it has to do with God. God, because of his intrinsic value, because he's the most valuable thing in the universe, his intrinsic value obligates us to worship him. Okay? Therefore, God has a right on our lives. God has a right on our lives. It's not for us to decide. It's not for us to, to like figure out like, okay, well maybe there's something else, right? He has a right on our lives. And it's not founded in what he's done for you. It's founded in who he is. Y'all see what I'm saying? His holiness. It's, it's not enough. This is going to sound crazy. It's not enough that he created you for you to worship him. It's not enough for, um, that he's loving. It's not enough that he died for you. It's not enough all these things that he's done for you. Those are great, but those are all extensions of who he is. He wouldn't have done one thing of those for any of us if it wasn't founded in his character. Y'all see where I'm at? Cool. So God's right to rule our lives is founded in who he is, not what he does. 
I'm kind of belaboring that, but I think it's very, very, very important. And for some of us, it might be the first time we've heard something like this. Okay, verse 3 of Psalm 100 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. The Lord is God. The Lord is God. Um, I want to show you all a picture, and I wonder if anybody knows what this is. Anybody? It is called the mirror of Erised. It's not real. It's from Harry Potter. It's not. Okay, it's from Harry Potter. And here's what it does, okay? You look in this mirror. It's magic, right? And you look in the mirror, and it's supposedly it shows you the deepest desire of your heart, right? The deepest desire of your heart. Okay, so if you've read the book or seen the movie, maybe, um, Harry Potter looks in and he says, oh, I see my family. Because he never knew his family. His family's the deepest desire of his heart, right? Um, and then his roommate or his friend, Ron Weasley, looks in it and he's like, oh, I'm the captain of this team. I'm the school's, like, top prefect, and everybody loves me, right? All these people look up to me. I'm the coolest guy around, okay? That's what they truly desired. When, when we say that we worship God as our Lord, this is what this means. Becky Pippert says it really well. I'm going to read this. Maybe. Says this. Whatever controls us is our Lord. The person who seeks power is controlled by power. The person who seeks acceptance is controlled by acceptance. We do not control ourselves. We are controlled by the Lord of our lives. You always worship something because man was made to worship. Worship isn't just emotions or intellect or, you know, how excited you feel at worship or how sad you feel at worship or whatever. It engages the entire being. It's the act of assigning ultimate value. Okay? Worship is the act of assigning ultimate value. And you're already doing this to something. Okay? This is scary. You're already doing this to something. The world is not simply divided into people who worship and people who don't. Okay? This is how it's divided. Into people who worship things that will distort your life and people who worship the only thing that will give you wholeness, hope, and abundant life. So I want to ask y'all, what do you choose to worship? What do you choose to worship? And when we think about this, it's like, okay, worship, that sounds like kind of like a churchy thing, but it's just, it's assigning that ultimate value. And that's why we talked about value. Why do some people, this is how it affects your life, okay? Why do some people, uh, when they get broken up with, like freak out, like everything falls apart, right? Like y'all know who I'm talking about, right? Like you might either be that person or it's your friend. Like, like they get broken up with and life is over, but... There's also other people who are like, yeah, okay, yeah, she was cool, but <laughs> lived, you know, lived to see another day type of person. But then that person who's okay with being broken up with loses their mind if, like, they lose their credit card, right? Like, like if their finance or t finances are touched, like, game over, right? That is what I'm talking about. Something is the Lord of your life. Um, I came up with a list. It's just four things. 
Um, and it's going to come up here, but these are really interesting. Okay, so relationships, grades, personality. I, I think you could say reputation and family, okay? Relationships. Here's how these affect. If you make any one of these things ultimate value and Lord of your life, it is going to be ugly, okay? It will be ugly. Relationships. You're going to hurt the person who you're making Lord of your life, okay? If it's, if it's just your friend or if it's a guy or a girl, you're going to hurt them. Um, and, the, and the minute they hurt you, your whole world's going to fall apart, right? And, and you're going to push all your friends away. You're not going to talk to your family. And then when you get dumped, which you probably will because no one can really, like, last through a relationship like that, everyone's gone, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then grades... You know, you, you, will, you will end up being the person, if this is like ultimate value, Lord of your life, you'll probably end up lying, cheating, or stealing in a, in a certain way to get somewhere, get the best grades, or, or you could say job. Um, personality, family, you guys can like think about these things. And the thing that's crazy is, do, do, would any of y'all say like any of these are evil or like bad? Right, yeah, they're not bad things. But if we misvalue them, then they'll destroy us. These are some good things. Um, there's a song called Clear the Stage by this guy called Jimmy Needham. And in it, he says, anything I love more than my God is an idol. And so when you read about idols or you hear about that, it kind of sounds like, well, I'm good. I don't have any, like, statues in my house that are weird made out of whatever. But, like, anything you love more than God is your idol. Anything other than God that you assign ultimate value to is an idol. The only option that you, if you have something else as Lord of your life, is to change what you worship. Your appetite initially has to change. This isn't just so you can be happier. This whole talk isn't just like, if you do this, then you will be happy, right? You will be, <laughs> but you'll also be holy. It's legitimately to change your heart, to humble yourself, see yourself for who you truly are in order to understand and see who God is for who he truly is. You always make time for what you love, and you always end up talking about the things that you love. Those are great signs of who or what is Lord of your life. George Watson, in this book called Our Own God, if you don't have this, you should look for it. It's going to take you a while. Uh, he says this. We may see an object, a person, for instance, and know him faintly by our senses and then learn much of him through the intellect. But when love comes into action, it seizes upon the object and wins it, appropriates it, takes possession of it, and says, my own. We possess God and make him our own, all our own, through love for him. That is deep. It sounds deep. It is deep. This is taking God and seeing him for who he really is, understanding his intrinsic value, and then assigning ultimate value to him, making him the Lord of our life. He becomes our own God. It's no longer the God of our small group leader or the God of our um, mom or dad or grandma or whoever, right? He's our own God. I can know him. I can be in relationship with him. 
This will change your whole world when you begin to worship Jesus as he really is and possess him and take him as your own God because you always become like what you behold. That is why it's important and and you have to be really careful of what, who you worship, what, who you ultimately give value to, and what and who you make Lord of your life. You always become like what you behold. If you behold Jesus, if you, or like, like I said, if you behold, you know, your girlfriend or boyfriend, you're going to become like them. That's okay. <laughs> um, if you, if you behold, sometimes we do it like negatively, like, oh, I, I do not want to be like my dad, right? Or like, I never want to become like that professor or whatever. And we behold that, and then we see like ourselves like kind of becoming like them. And then we're like, freak out, right? But if we behold Jesus, and we recognize him as Lord of our life, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control is what's going to flow out of us. Not just inside, but it's going to happen to our friends and the people that we don't like. And we're going to start loving people in a new way because we see God for who he really is. In Psalm 100 verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. I think it's so important that we build this foundation of value, lordship. God has a right on our lives, and you become like like what you behold so that we can practically work this out. Practically, this is just praise and thanksgiving. We're, We're not called, or sorry, we are called not just to seek God's hand, but to ultimately seek his heart, right? If we just want from him, that's a weird relationship. But if we're wanting to know him and wanting to, to possess him and, and have our own God and love him and become like him, right, then that's different. It's more than music. Worship is not just a genre of music. It's a posture of our heart. When we understand who God is, and we look to him, and we understand that he's so much holier, so much more majestic, so much more beautiful than we ever could have imagined, then we can only bow. All we can do is praise. All we can do is thank him. Praise is thinking about who God is. Thanksgiving is thinking about what God has done or given you. Uh, Band, you can come up. Praise is understanding and thinking about the value of God, understanding and thinking about his right on my life, understanding and thinking about that he is Lord of my life, right? Thanksgiving is so easy. This has transformed my heart, y'all. Understanding thankfulness legitimately over the past couple of months has transformed my heart. God showed me this, and it's super easy. It's super simple, and I'm going to share it with you guys, okay? Y'all ready? Okay, thank God daily. Thank God daily. Thank God daily. This 
is how you destroy bitterness. This is how you destroy anger and greed. This is how you gain a right view of God. Winky Pratney says it this way. This keeps you closer to God by staying in an atmosphere of prayer and also reminds you of what he has done for you. It will guard your heart against darkness, depression, and dangerous fantasy. It will help keep you content and grateful. It will give you power over the idol of more. Giving thanks recognizes the power and mercy of God in your life. A thankful heart is the condition of fearless witness and worship. Over 30 times in the Bible, we're told to give thanks to the Lord. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Thanking God daily, it will help you understand who he is. It takes, it's like Christopher was talking about, the humility factor if you're thanking someone, you can't, like, think you're higher than them, right? You can't, like, you can't, like, be giving, like, someone a talking to and then thank them, right? Like, like this is always going to put your heart in the correct posture. When you're praising God for who he is, you have to actually think about who he is. You have to go deep with him. You have to understand your relationship with him, and you have to humble yourself. When you're thanking him, you do all those same things. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Jesus already is Lord, guys. He's already Lord. We just have to see that. We just have to recognize him as Lord. And if you already do, that's amazing. Earlier today, I was walking down camp, uh, onto campus, and I was, like, praying, and I was like, oh, Jesus is Lord. And then I was like, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of the library. Jesus is Lord of Clark Hall. Jesus is Lord of Morgantown. Jesus is Lord of West Virginia. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, like, so fly like like the fact that he is lord you don't have to worry about anything when you praise him for who he is and you understand his intrinsic value obligates you to worship him because of because he has a right on your life and because i can become like him there shouldn't be like an issue you know what i mean like like he is lord not just to me not just to you but he's just lord the only thing there is to think about, y'all, like, and, and we're almost done, but, like, as you, as you worship here in a little bit, when we're singing these songs, like, like, praise him. Praise him. Thank him. When we do this, y'all, I challenge you. Sometimes when we think about worship times or, like, altar times, it's like, dude, okay, now I have to cry. And if I don't cry, then God's not there. Y'all know what I'm saying? Guys do this too. It's not just girls, right? Like, like if, I, if I'm not crying, then like the Holy Spirit is not speaking to me. If I don't feel bad, like what kind of God is that? If I don't feel bad, then it's not his presence. God is holy and loving and gentle and faithful. He, he can't, yes, he will, he will make you, if you aren't living up to his standard, and you aren't repentant, then you will feel bad, right? But, but it's not this guilt thing. It's, it's in order for you to look more like him because you're not living along like the lines of what he wants you to do. You're not living up to what your full potential. That's why you feel bad. You feel bad because you did something, not because God's making you feel bad. So as we worship, 
Yeah, like throughout the Bible, it says it should cause us to tremble, to have fear, to love, to give, to serve. All these things are our worship. When you serve your friends, you're worshiping God if your heart is right. So as we, yeah, as we start worshiping, come up, come to the front, stand up, whatever you want to do. Don't confess. Don't ask. Just worship God for who he is. I'm challenging y'all. Don't say you're sorry. Sometimes yes. Tonight, worship him for who he is. And if you don't know who he is, ask someone who does. Ask your small group leader. Ask someone who's here who understands who God's, uh, understands God's value. Okay? Jesus, we love you. God, we're so grateful to be a part of your kingdom. Father, would you just speak to us in a way that we could understand you, Jesus? That we would know your value. That we would see your value, Lord Jesus. That people wouldn't just take my word for this, but they would seek it. That they would understand your value and see you in a way that is higher than they ever thought possible. We love you, Jesus. And you're going to pray.